Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good to be with all of you on this Sunday morning. And welcome to all of you who are watching from your homes this morning all around the world. We're glad to have you uh, join us this morning for our service. Uh, before I begin, uh, I wanted to piggyback on something that Jeff mentioned in uh, the announcement about the uh, women's Bible study starting in the morning and evening this coming Thursday. Um, I wanted to mention that uh, this study is on the book of Colossians and is going to be taught by my wife, Lisa. And she's right back there. If you don't know who my wife is, raise your hand. Um, it's going to be good. Um, my wife has always been drawn to the book of Colossians. She has spent a lot of years immersing herself in that book. And she's got a lot of good riches and, and treasures to share with you gals. So I hope that you'll come out beginning this Thursday, uh, August the 3rd, for uh, the women's Bible study. Uh, today, we are going to continue our series on Sunday, uh, looking at David, the worshiping warrior of God. And we just started the series last week, and we were in Psalm 19. And this morning, we're going to be in Psalm 23. Maybe the most familiar passage of Scripture in the Bible is the 23rd Psalm. Many of you know this Psalm very well. So as this Sunday approached, I was asking the Lord, Lord, give us fresh eyes and fresh ears to be able to hear this Psalm and to see this Psalm in maybe some new way that can be an encouragement to us. The reason I wanted to start with these two Psalms is even though I believe David wrote these later on in his life, they really are dealing with where he was as a very young person. Um, we're going to be introduced to David formally next week out of 1 Samuel 16 when he's anointed as the future king of Israel. And he's about 12 to 15 years of age there. So we're going to go back even further uh, by looking at Psalm 19. And like last week, we, we saw where God was beginning to shape David's heart from the time he was a child. And so we wanted to begin to look at what were the things that God was using in his life to shape his heart, to become a heart after God's. And we saw last week from Psalm 19 that God used two primary things. He used creation and he used the word of God to begin to shape David's heart. In the 23rd Psalm, what we learn is that David obviously was a very young shepherd and spent time out there in the fields taking care of his father Jesse's sheep. And it was through that experience of being a shepherd and watching over Jesse's sheep that God was also shaping his heart. You see, it was through David shepherding his father's sheep that he realized even as a young boy that God was shepherding him. And he needed to view God not only as his savior, but as his shepherd. And hopefully that's true for all of us here today. I'm hoping that every last person here and those who are watching, you've committed your life to Jesus Christ and he is your savior. If not, I would certainly invite you to do that today. 
But God not only wants us to see him as our savior, but as our shepherd. And there's so many, I think, Christians who maybe have Jesus as their savior, but they're not allowing him to shepherd their life. And so that's one of the things you and I are going to learn by examining the 23rd Psalm. How does God shepherd us? But that's not all God wants to teach us in this psalm. God was going to call David to be his king, king over his people, the nation of Israel. And yet God did not want David to have the heart of a king. He wanted David to have the heart of a shepherd. He wanted David not to be a king who ruled, in a sense, over his people, but a shepherd who shepherded his people as he learned God did him. And you know the same thing is true today. Not only can we view who our God is as he shepherds us in this psalm, but especially I'm talking to all of you out there who are in spiritual leadership positions. God doesn't want us to rule over his people. He wants us to learn what it means to shepherd his people. God wants to shape our heart to be the heart of a shepherd. In fact, that's true for all of us. In our homes, as dads and moms, God wants us to learn how to shepherd our families. As people who may have people under you, in your business or where you work or even people you work alongside of or go to school with. God wants you to have the heart of a shepherd that shepherds others around you. In his church, God wants us to learn to shepherd those underneath us in who we have responsibility for. And that's what this psalm also can speak to us about. God was using... David's experience as a shepherd to shape his heart into the heart of a shepherd for others. And one more thing before we actually get into the passage this morning. What this also teaches us is that all of our life experiences can be purposeful, that God can use all the things that, that we've been through and that we've experienced to shape our hearts to be a heart after his. Now, obviously, we have to want that and we have to be looking to God for that. That's what Romans 8, 28 is all about. And we're very good as Christians at, at quoting the first part of that verse. God can work all things together for good, but let's not forget the last part of that verse. God works all things together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. See, that's the key. That's the disclaimer. Are we loving God and looking to him that no matter then what he allows us to go through in our life, we are saying, God, use this to shape my heart, to be a heart after yours. And then I realize as a Christian, no matter the good experiences of life or even some of the hard experiences of life, I'm realizing that nothing is purposeless in my life. 
everything has purpose, and God can use everything to shape my heart to be a heart after his. That's another thing we learn from Psalm 23. So in this psalm, we're going to see the overlapping of three things. That David's shepherd and our shepherd is a God who provides for his sheep, who protects his sheep, and who makes promises to his sheep. So let's begin in verse 1. In fact, last week I encouraged you at the end of looking at Psalm 19 that I, I wanted to encourage some of you to memorize verse 14, and Jeff shared it this morning. May my words and my thoughts be acceptable in your sight, my sheltering rock and my redeemer, Psalm 19, verse 14. The verse I would like to encourage you to sort of commit to memory and meditation is the very first verse of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. First of all, David says it is the Lord who is his personal shepherd. Is the Lord your personal shepherd? Not someone else's shepherd, not someone else's savior. Do you know for sure that the Lord is your personal shepherd? Because he's not just shepherding his people corporately. He is shepherding his people, as we see through the eyes of David, very personally, very personally. That's why David says he's not just everyone's shepherd. He is my shepherd. And notice he uses the name Jehovah. It is capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. It is the covenant name for the God of Israel. It is the great I am. Remember when Moses asked God when he was appearing to him in the bush, well, Lord, if I go back to Egypt and, and they ask me, well, who's the God who sent me? What am I supposed to say? And God says, tell them, I am has sent you. I am. We pick up on that in the Gospels, where Jesus uses that to describe his ministry and who he is. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. Oh, and I am the good shepherd who lays down my life for my sheep. David is saying, I could have no better savior and I could have no better shepherd because it's the Lord who is shepherding me. And the word shepherd speaks about one who looks out for and looks after us. One again who is going to make sure that I have everything I need as one of his sheep. Sheep may be one of the most vulnerable animals in the world. Sheep really cannot survive on their own without a shepherd. First of all, they're susceptible to so many stronger predators out there. And, and sheep, let's just say it, they, they have a very hard time finding their own food and finding their own water and, and, and being protected. They're, they're just very vulnerable without a shepherd. So David is saying, when we know that the Lord is our personal shepherd, then we know that the Lord of the universe is literally watching over me and watching out for me 
every single moment of my life. I mean, that makes all the difference in the world of how I approach every day. I know that the Lord, my personal shepherd, is literally watching over me and watching out for me at every moment. Do you know that? Do you believe that today? And that's why then he goes on and says, I lack nothing. Nothing that I truly need. I may go without some wants in my lifetime, but I will never go without the things that I truly need because my shepherd, the Lord, will make sure that I have everything that I truly need. There will be no deficiency in my life. Wow. How many times as Christians do we feel like we're lacking and deficient? And yet David is saying when we truly know who our shepherd is, I mean when we really know who our shepherd is, and when we have that confidence in who our shepherd is, we will realize that it doesn't matter where in life I'm at and what I'm going through, whatever the situation or circumstance, I know that with him and in him and within him, I will have everything that I need through my relationship with him. I lack nothing. Jesus, as our shepherd, will never fail us. We all need to remind ourselves of that. God will never fail us. And David wants to start there. The Lord is my personal shepherd. David was realizing that as he was out there caring for his father Jesse's sheep, those stinky, stubborn sheep. And yet he was realizing something. The way I care for this flock is the way my God cares for me. In fact, even better than I could ever care for them. I lack nothing. Then David begins to talk about the provision that his shepherd brings into his life. He says, notice, he takes me to lush or green pastures. My shepherd knows the best feeding places the best places where he can take care of my physical needs, but also where he can take care of my spiritual needs. And we'll get to that even more in just a moment. In fact, in the original language, you could translate the word green pastures or lush pastures with the word choice. David is saying, my shepherd knows the choicest pastures, the, the best places to take me in order for me to be nourished, to be filled up. And again, don't just look at that as physical needs being met, but spiritual needs being met as well. And then David goes on to say, he will take me to refreshing waters. Sheep are very interesting animals. The word refreshing, obviously, in some translations also means to be quiet or still waters, right? That's because sheep are very skittish. They don't like to go near flowing streams, quick flowing water. That, that sort of gets them unnerved. 
So for sheep to be able to first be able to take in water and to relax around water, it's got to be still. It's got to be calm. It's got to be quiet or else they won't go near it. And so David is, is saying, look, our shepherd is like we shepherds are. We have to make sure that not only are we making our sheep get to the places where they can be refreshed and where they can be hydrated, but where they're calm and it's quiet and it's still. So David, in a sense, is describing what? An oasis. A place of refreshment, a place of rest, a place of respite, a place where the sheep can, in a sense, catch their breath and, and get in some shade and, and get out of the heat. David is saying, this is what our shepherd does for us if we're conscious of it. Which is why then David goes on into saying, he restores my strength. He's not only a God who refreshes, he's a God who restores. He's a God who revives. And the word strength there can also be translated soul. So let's talk about that for a minute. Again, David is saying, look, our God is very capable and competent in meeting all of our physical needs. Not all of our physical wants, but all of our physical needs as his sheep. But David is also saying, but even more important, our God, because he is the Lord, is also very capable and very competent about making sure that our spirits, our souls, that invisible inner person is also filled up and taken care of. And so often, even as followers of God, we make sure that all of our physical material needs are met but we allow our spirit and soul to run dry, to, to, to be depleted. And we don't take near as much uh, effort and, and concentration on making sure that our spirit and soul is filled up as much as our bodies are taken care of. And David is saying it's got to be both. We've got to trust God to take care of our physical needs, but we've got to also follow our shepherd because our shepherd will make sure that our soul and spirit is taken care of too. Have you come here today knowing that you have all your physical needs met, but where's your, where's your soul? Where's your spirit? Is it being taken care of? Are you putting yourself in places where, where God can restore your soul? encourage you spiritually, fill up your spirit instead of being so depleted in spirit? That's why David then also says, he says, he will lead me down the right paths for the sake of his reputation, verse 3. Literally, David says, my shepherd will choose the best paths in life for me to go because he's the Lord. He knows the best paths to lead me in. Just as she sheep obviously have to depend on their shepherd to lead them places because they're not going to figure it out themselves. Unlike other animals that God made, sheep don't have an internal GPS system. 
They can't figure out where the lush pastures and the refreshing waters are on their own. They must follow a shepherd to get there. And they certainly don't know the right paths. They don't know that if they start walking this way, they could walk themselves right into a predator that could kill them. They don't know what the right paths are. So they've got to totally rely and depend on their shepherd to make sure that their shepherd is going to lead them not just down any path, but the best path. That's why God wants us to learn not just to look to him as our savior, but to look to him as our shepherd because he alone knows the best paths for us in life. We don't. We don't have any clue because our view of even our own life and things that are around us, it's just a little sliver. God, being the Lord of the universe, sees everything, everything around us everything in the future in front of us. He knows the best paths. So he's saying to us, his sheep, trust me. Oh, and then David adds this very important phrase at the end of verse 3. It's for the sake of his, the Lord's reputation. Don't forget that. The quality of the shepherd is connected to the well-being of his sheep. Remember that. So that's why it's important, first of all, that I follow my shepherd because then I can testify and witness throughout my life of how good a shepherd I have. I couldn't have a better shepherd than Jesus. He takes really good care of me. But here's the other side of that coin. If I'm not following my shepherd as one of his sheep or if I am following him but I've gotten into this bad habit of not being thankful and being a grumbler and a complainer and a murmurer, then you can see how that casts our shepherd in such a bad light. Because when we go around as God's people complaining about our lot in life and other people hear it, especially those that don't know our God, then they conclude, well, their God doesn't take very good care of them because listen to how they're always complaining and griping and murmuring about their life and how, oh, woe is them. Then they must not have a very good and competent shepherd. And that's why David is reminding us, listen, it's very important that we follow our shepherd because he knows the best path for us. Even when we don't understand it, he wants us to trust him as sheep must do their own shepherd. Because God's reputation is tied in to the well-being of his sheep. And that's why we need to be a people who worship him, who praise him, who exalt him, who are thankful and grateful to him because then that tells everyone around us, I couldn't have a better shepherd than my shepherd. He takes really good care of me. He always, as David says, is taking me to green pastures, leading me to refreshing waters and restoring my soul. Then David shifts in verse 4 to talk more about the protection of his shepherd than the provision of his shepherd. He says in verse 4, even if I must walk through the darkest valley, I fear no danger. Let's talk about that for a moment. 
First of all, just like with sheep, there are going to be times in our life where we have to walk through dark valleys. It's just going to be part of life. There are times where sheep have to follow a shepherd through a very narrow, dark ravine in order to get to the green pastures and refreshing waters. There's times in the Middle East and ancient Israel, if you've ever been there and you've seen the terrain where they would have to go through these rocky places where there were literally rocks or, or cliffs on both sides and the sheep, some of them hopefully aren't too claustrophobic, but they would have to literally follow their shepherd's single file through there and it would be dark and it would be daunting. And so David is using that imagery here to say that's true in our lives as well. There's times where God, even as our good shepherd, is going to lead us. But notice, he doesn't lead us into the dark valleys. He leads us through the darkest valleys. And because our shepherd is the greatest shepherd ever, I don't have to be so afraid that I try to get through that dark valley as quickly as possible and run through it because I'm scared. Notice David uses the word walk. Even though I must walk through the darkest valley. The word walk means to be calm, composed, and courageous. You know when you're in a situation where like... You don't really want to be there, how you want to get out of that situation as quickly as possible. I can remember as a much younger person, there wasn't a ride that I would never ride. I mean, I rode everything. Obviously, at my age, I don't do that anymore. But there were even some rides that I would get on at the amusement park, and I'm like, oh my, I should have never got on this. And yet, I've got to gotta see this thing through till it stops, right? That's the way we are with bad situations in our life. When we get into those darkest valleys, we want to get through them as quickly as possible. But David is saying, when we have confidence in our shepherd and when we're trusting in him, we can walk. We can stay calm and composed and be courageous even as we walk through the darkest valleys. And David even says, because I know who my shepherd is, I will not be afraid. Oh, fear is one of those things that really drives us. Fear can really totally change our outlook on things. But David says, what I know my shepherd is continually watching out for me and there for me, I don't have to be afraid of anyone or anything. In fact, he says, here's why. Because I know you are with me. It is the realization of the personal presence of our shepherd that banishes fear in our life. When we know that he's always there, I don't have to be afraid of anyone or anything, even the dangers in the dark valleys. And notice David is saying, look, Darkest valleys will come. 
Dangers will come. It's not like we're going to go through life as God's sheep and never experience danger and never experience dark valleys. We will. But David is saying, when I know my shepherd is shepherding me and leading me, I don't have to be afraid. I need to choose not to be afraid because I know who my shepherd is. And then David says, not only do I feel very protected, he, he says, your staff and your rod as my shepherd reassure me. Because David understands, sheep constantly need reassurance. We need affirmation. We need to know that everything's going to be okay. And the shepherd is always there with his personal presence to reassure us. But also, we look at the resources of our shepherd. We look at the implements of our shepherd. We look what our shepherd has at his disposal. And we go, yeah, we're good. Because no one has the resources of the Lord of hosts of the universe. He's got everything we'll ever need. That's why we lack nothing. And just knowing that our shepherd has these tools. Listen, the shepherd's staff and his rod were two implements of the shepherd that would ward off predators. So David is saying, just like sheep can look at their shepherd and see these implements, these tools, these instruments, these weapons, David is saying, you and I can look to our shepherd and know that the weapons that he holds are stronger than anyone or anything that we'll ever come up against. And they can begin to reassure us, I have no one better to take care of me than my shepherd. And the things that he has at his disposal, which is everything in the universe that he's created, is more than enough to take care of me at all times. Because he's always watching out for me. He's always watching over me as I do my sheep, as I shepherd them. Then David moves on to verse 5. I love this. He says, and I've also learned as my shepherd, you prepare a feast before me in plain sight of my enemies. Wow. Oh, and not just any feast, going back to how well God can take care of us. This is a king's feast. David is saying, as my shepherd, you set a place for me at your table, the king's table, and I have the availability of sitting at the king's feast every day. It's not just feeding off of crumbs. It's I've got a feast before me. Oh, and guess what? It's while I'm surrounded by my enemies. Because again, our God is so amazing that, that he, can, he can make provision for his sheep even though we are surrounded by adversaries. Because we are so secure in him, even when we're surrounded. That's how secure God's sheep can be. That's how secure God wants his sheep to be. That even though we may be surrounded by adversaries and enemies, we can feel totally secure and know that he's going to provide for us because God doesn't need optimal circumstances to provide. God doesn't need the absence of all bad things in order to minister to his people. No, our God is so amazing that just like us, we can live in a world that's fallen. We can live in a world that the Bible says is lying in the arms of the evil one. We know that the Bible teaches that as God's people, 
This is not our home. We're pilgrims passing through. And in a sense, we are living in enemy territory the whole time we're here on earth. So even think about it that way. This world is not our home. This world is antagonistic to the things of God and who we are and what we're all about. And yet God, in the midst of all this negativity and all this evil and all this darkness, is taking very good care of his people in the midst of it all. That's what David said. That's who God is. And then another beautiful picture. David says, you refresh my head with oil, anointing my head with oil. Because the shepherd was always very attentive to the sheep, the shepherd would make sure throughout the day that he was conscious of where the sheep was, even emotionally. A good shepherd can tell when a sheep needs soothing. Because <laughs> sheep, again, can get pretty worked up and, and all of that pretty easily. And so David is saying, if I feel like some of my sheep or one of my sheep is being pestered by insects, and I need to take time to just one-on-one -on -one as their shepherd put their little face in my hands and take a little bit of oil and rub it over their head just to soothe them and calm them down and, and even provide some healing, I'm going to take the time to do that. And that's exactly what David says our shepherd will do for us if we allow him to and we're following him. That he'll have those precious one-on-one -on -one times where he'll say, come over here. Let, let, me, let, me just, let me just have some time with you. And let's calm down here. Let, let me soothe you. Let, let me anoint your head and, and refresh it with my oil. Let me calm you down and, and let me reassure you and, and remind you that I'm here to constantly care and look out for you. You got some people or you got some stuff pestering you right now. You got some pests in your life. I'll take care of it. Because sheep obviously couldn't take care of it themselves. They needed the shepherd to be able to anoint them to do that. And no wonder then David adds to that verse, my cup is completely full. And the word full means even to overflowing I am totally fulfilled and satisfied because of my shepherd, because of the quality of my shepherd and because of the quantity of what my shepherd does for me. There's not a detail of my life that my shepherd misses. And that's what a good shepherd would do for his sheep out there on the hillside. And David was learning that. And then we come to verse 6 where David says, certainly or surely, your goodness and your faithfulness will follow me or pursue me all my days. I know this is incorrect English, but no one is gooder but God, than God. And David says, God's goodness literally will run after me. That's what the word pursue means. God's goodness will run after me all my days. 
Wow. And his faithfulness or his favor will run after me. See, God is passionate, not passive in bestowing his blessings upon his sheep. Let me repeat that. What David is saying in verse 6 is that God is passionate, never passive, in bestowing his blessings. He wants to bless his people. He runs after us in order to bless us. That's why we can trust him. Because he will withhold no good thing from those who love him. Nothing. And then David says, I will live in the Lord's house for the rest of my life. David is saying, when I know God is my shepherd, I know that I always have a place with him. I know that I will belong to him forever. That there will never be a time where I don't have to feel like I don't belong anywhere or to anyone. Because if he's my savior and my shepherd, I will always belong to him. And I will always have a place with him. Doesn't that remind you about what Jesus said to his followers one day when he says, don't let your heart be troubled? I'm going to go and prepare a place for you, a personal space just for you and for me. And if I'm going and preparing a personal space just for you, I'm coming back and getting you so that you and I can be together. That's what David is saying in Psalm 23, verse 6. He has the confidence in his shepherd that he says, I know I will always belong to my shepherd. And I know that I will always have a place with him forever. There will never be a time where my shepherd abandons me or forsakes me. That's not who my shepherd is. No wonder David started out the psalm by saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And yet remember, David was not only realizing that God was shepherding him as he shepherded the sheep. He was also realizing that God was shaping his heart not only to be a heart after God, but he was shaping David's heart to be the heart of a shepherd, one that would shepherd others. Because one day God would put David on the throne of Israel. And God did not want David to be like all the other rulers in the world. God wanted a shepherd on the throne. Because God's ways are not our ways. I want us to contemplate that and consider that even when we examine our own lives. Some of you, as God's sheep, may look at your life and go, why did God allow me to go through that? Or why is God taking me through that? Why didn't God allow me to experience that or get that kind of training or to get that kind of education or whatever? Because God's ways are different. 
And you and I have to trust that God knows the best paths to take us down in order to fulfill the purpose that he created us for. And it might not be what the world thinks is the right path. It might not even be what other Christians think are the right paths for us. And it might not even be at times what we think is the right path for us. But if God is leading us, it is the right path. David didn't say when God anointed him as the future king of Israel, but God, I haven't been to king school. I I didn't grow up in a royal family. I've never lived in a palace in my life. I have no experience in leading a nation. I mean, God, David could have said all that to God. God said, I've given you everything you've needed. I took you out there alone for many years as a young boy. I had you shepherd your father's sheep. And that's exactly what you needed. That was the perfect training ground for you, David. Because then when I ascended you to that place, you had the heart of a shepherd. That's what I was looking for. Are we willing to trust our God that much that we will not lean unto our own understanding as Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, but we will trust the Lord with all our heart? Let's come back for just a moment in wrapping this up and and, and look at this from a little bit more of an aerial view. You know what David is telling us? He says, I don't need to walk through my life trying to figure out where all the lush green pastures are, where the refreshing waters are, and where the right paths are. I simply need to follow my shepherd. If I follow my shepherd, he'll take me to all those places instead of me trying to figure it out. And David is also saying in this psalm, I don't need to be afraid of the dark valleys. I don't need to be afraid of the dangers that lie ahead. I don't even need to be afraid of all the enemies that may be surrounding me. I simply need to trust my shepherd because he'll take care of me. And so today, God is saying to us, will you follow me and will you trust me? Are you one of God's sheep? Can you say as confidently as David said in verse 1, I know, I know, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that the Lord God is my shepherd. And therefore... Because he's my personal shepherd, I lack nothing. I'm going to ask our worship team to come. And I'm going to ask you all to stand with me and close our end of our message in prayer. Father, we pray today that even though this passage is very familiar to all of us, that God, maybe it hit us in some fresh new way today. God, I'm sure that there were many days when David was out there as a young boy on the hillside taking care of those sheep, 
that he never envisioned the future that you had for him. But Lord, you know the right paths for each of us. And Lord, you can shape our hearts by all the experiences of our life if we truly are following you. You can work all things together for good in our lives if we love you and know that we are called according to your purpose, not our own. So God, I pray today that first of all, all of us here are your sheep. And if we aren't, I pray that today would be the day where we would choose to follow you as our Savior and as our shepherd. And if we know that we are one of your sheep, God, may we choose not only to follow you, God, but to trust you today like we've never trusted you before. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen.